The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello. This major spoilers podcast is brought to you by Trevor Iflute, Charles Alva, Justin Higgins, Renee and Jay Valentine, Stephen Howland, and Charles Muir. Have you considered changing your long-distance provider? This one goes out to them. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast... Rodrigo and I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, 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 the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. I want to thank uh, Stephen Hawking for that uh, fine introduction this week. <laughs> Episode four eighty four of the Major Spoilers podcast. Four eight four. Whoa! So many. It's a palindrome. Yes, it is. It's, it's getting so close, forward. Zach, to that five hundred. I'm wondering. As it is. Apparently. Today's the day that the apocalypse gets here. So, Zach, yeah. will you be around for issue five hundred? Yeah, I'm. I'm resilient. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fight my way you know, through. I don't know what's what's gonna happen. I have many theories. One of them is Cthulhu's eating us while we fall through a black hole. I feel like I could probably survive that. <laughs> uh, and listeners, if you're looking way for to mix some up science, if you if you're wanting to uh, find some books to uh, keep you through the apocalypse, head over to majorspoilers.com. We had an article up earlier this week. That uh, all the writers pitched in on with uh, the trades that they would want to take with them into the apocalypse. Mm. The sad part is, of course, we stumble on the steps and our glasses fall off and we crush them and we have to. No, it's not fair. There's time now. I had time Time enough. What is it just simply called time enough? What was the time was, enough at last? Time enough at last. Yes. Oh, great. Great. Yeah, uh, Burgess Meredith. Great. Burgess if Meredith you haven't seen that shows. Twilight Zone episode, Zach, you might as well go Which and check it, it out. Time enough at last. It's about a man who loves to read books, but mm-hmm. he never gets a chance yeah. to read books. And then uh, every day for lunch, he goes down into the bank vault and reads his books mm-hmm. because he's all alone down there. No one will disturb him. Right. And while he is down there. The apocalypse come, nuclear disaster, nuclear war, nuclear war nice. ensues, and when he comes out, everything is wiped out, and he is the lone survivor on the planet. Wow. A the great, best laid plans of mice yes. and men and Henry Beats. The but small we don't wanna, man and the We don't want to do a series called Zack on television. Not. Everybody's asking for a series <laughs> called Zack on movies. Now just part of a smashed landscape. So, Zack, yes, you had homework. Yes. You had homework. Yep. Last week we assigned you to uh to watch the movie Alien. Mm-hmm. Uh Alien came out in nineteen seventy nine, directed by Ridley Scott, starring uh Tom Skerritt, Sigourney Weaver, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton, John Hurt, Ian Holm, Yafet Koto. I love a name like Yafet Koto. Yafet Koto. 
I think I had the Yafet Koto last night at the Italian restaurant. It was good. Mm. The uh, the movie tells the tale of the a side uh, of uh, Alexandria space patrol that lands on a planet, and as they're examining things, they find these uh, this hidden chamber. Yeah. All these eggs are in there. One of them mm. opens up, wraps itself around uh, John Hurt's face. John Hurt gets uh, wiped out pretty quick in this movie. It doesn't last very long. No. Thing wraps around his face. They get him on board. Thing falls off. Operating on him. Yep. They're up in the spaceship by now. And this thing bursts out of his stomach and goes scurrying yeah. down the hallway. End of John Hurt. And one by one, yeah. everybody gets picked off. So tell us what you thought of Alien from 1979. So, going way back in the time timeline. of that way back. Well, I mean, it's... It's pretty far. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's a long time ago. Considering I watched Star Trek, it's not that far from 2009. It's the last week before. Anyways, it's, it's Alien. Not that far, Zach. Okay, it's not that far. Was okay. uh, I'd heard good things about this movie, like mm-hmm. oh, it's so good and everything. I was like, I had high hopes going into it. I don't think they were all quite met. Why? What were the high hopes? What were these expectations that you had? I don't know. I've always just heard like, movie? oh, sci-fi is alien. And like, oh, man, it's just so cool. And there's aliens and it's in space and you can't hear people scream. And oh, it's just, oh, it's so good. You have to watch it. So that's what I'd heard about. This so, movie. Matthew, let's uh, like let's that. respond to young Zach. Why was this movie? Ah, oh, so, oh, and the uh, I, in space, you can't I can scream. give you some well, reasons why I think I remember the part where the alien comes out and goes, hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. <laughs> I wish hello, that would have my happened. Time gal. That, that may have been in Spaceballs now that I think about maybe, it. Maybe, maybe. So that was my favorite part of Alien. Alien, I'll tell you why Alien is awesome. Okay. Alien is a meta tale 25 years early because you know how Somebody will say, oh, this is super awesome, and you watch it and you're surprised, not because it's not using the tropes of a genre. It's using the tropes of the wrong genre. Right, right, and right, that's right, what, right. That's what right, makes right. this Aliens, work. Aliens sets itself up as Star Wars. It sets itself up as Star Trek The Motionless Picture, and then it gives you a haunted house picture. Yes. Right. It, it, it's a ghost story sort of in space. And that's why it works because it's wrong genre savvy. Basically. Yeah. And really, I mean, from the very moment, from the time that they see the egg and it opens up in front of John Hurt's face and the thing wraps mm-hmm. around his face to the chest burster, you really don't see a lot of the alien throughout the movie. He comes out and goes, Hey, how are you? And yeah. then he jumps back I mean, and he kills somebody it's in the like process. You never see him, but you see him. It's just, it's well, just quick. It's I'm just so Satan. quick. I'll yeah, be yeah, back yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. He just future. jumps out at you, kills somebody and drags him mm-hmm. away. Ah, kicking and screaming blood on the sidewalk. Right, right. And then it's not until the very end after Sigourney Weaver is stripped down to her panties mm-hmm. that there's the big fight. Right, with, right. And you see the alien in its full <laughs> glory. Mm-hmm. And so par- partly, you know, maybe it's the Sigourney Weaver stripping down to her panties is part of the appeal to a lot of people, I think. Well, um, there but is, then you've got the fact, a rule of cinema that states when when Sigourney Weaver gets naked, bad things bad happen. Things happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, then aliens show up. Zool takes over New mm-hmm, York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, but it's also, you know, part of it, part of the appeal in that it's this, as Matthew said, this different genre done in space um, is also the H.R. Giger or Geiger um, design Geiger. of the alien. That is so incredibly different from anything people had seen, unless, of course, they had known his work um, from before this movie came out. 
uh, because it is so alien. It's so different right, right, from right, what right. We, we're used to. So that when you see right. this, the skeleton like bug thing running around killing people, mm-hmm. it becomes more terrifying because it does look like something someone put some time into and not just a hey, Bob put on this rubber suit and go, right. you know, but um, I think so that it was like, well, if, if it's not really a sci-fi movie, I mean, there's elements well, it's of science it. it's, fiction. It is fiction, and it uses a sciencey element, the space right. and the alien. Right, but that's not the real point. It's like it's a horror movie. So I don't understand why people are like, why? Why do I normally hear people say Alien is a good horror movie? I always hear Alien's a good sci-fi movie. Well, and and again, I are you confusing Alien and Aliens? Because oftentimes when you hear people so. refer to them. They sound so much alike, one in the singular, no, one in the plural. No, because like, oh, Ridley Scott. Because Aliens is a very good space monster movie. Right, right. Alien is a very good horror sci-fi mm-hmm. movie, I think, is is really what it boils Alien, down to. I think Alien gets lumped in with sci-fi movies because it's space. It's just because yeah, it's, yeah. it's space. And people presume, you know, they call it sci-fi because it takes place in space. And that's fine. It is a science fiction movie in as much as it takes place in, you know, the future on a spaceship and all mm-hmm. these things happen. And rather than the monster being, you know, some creature from beneath the the id or something that came out of the basement, it's something that comes from an alien planet. But if you take the entire plot of Alien and you have it on a submarine, and the creature is a you know some sort of thing from Atlantis that wouldn't necessarily make it a war picture, but you know you could still see it being stuck together with things like Run Silent, Run Deep. Mm-hmm. It's all about the way that it's portrayed, mm-hmm. and part of the reason that people loved Alien is because it's portrayed as something that it's not. Right, right. you go in expecting you know yeah, you're like oh this is going to be Star Wars, this is going to be a sci-fi movie, yeah. And it, you know, it ends up being something. Is that how it where was marketed? Was it marketed? The, no, 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 no. It's very marketed in a very strange way. The only thing that I remember about it, because it's an R-rated movie, and there was right. no way a seven-year-old was going to go see an R-rated movie. The only thing I remember is yeah. in space you cannot scream. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, it was no, just this very, scream. just very ominous kind of tone to it. Um, but again, Matthew and I are watching Disney movies and and Herbie the Love Bug, so they're not really running. Yeah. You know, alien trailer before yeah, Herbie yeah, the true, Love Bug. It's something that came out at a point where trailers weren't as homogenized as they are now. So uh-huh. the trailer was full of moments that you didn't necessarily think, oh, well, that's going to turn this into a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And gotcha. it was the 70s. I mean, the late 70s even. It was something where people kind of categorized things in different ways. There wasn't quite as much focus on is this you know what are the tropes of this going to be it's are people going to go buy tickets for this movie yes okay let's sell the thing mm-hmm. but i i happen to know a story about the writing of this movie that fascinates me which is um yeah. sigourney weaver as ellen ripley is not actually in the script because the script was written with no actors in mind right with no gender specific specificity so the character of Ripley was written as a character. It was not a part for a man. It was not a part for a woman. It was a part in this movie that they wrote. And then when they cast Sigourney Weaver, she became Ellen Ripley. Actually, I think she became Ellen Ripley in the in the sequel. Yeah, in the sequel, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But the the movie was written with no expectation of who would play the part. So Yafet Kato's part was not written as a part for, you know, a large African-American male. It was, this is the character. Hmm. So it wasn't something where you go in and you're like, I need to see 57 Yafet Kato types and Vin Diesel and Mr. T show up. Not Vin Diesel. The other (laughs) guy. Ving Rhames. In any case... So Zach, uh, I'm curious then. What if it didn't live up to your expectations? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? What are your impressions? What did you take from this movie? Um. Uh, what I did enjoy, I did enjoy that the black guy didn't die first. Okay. I thought I saw him was like, <laughs> oh, he's going down first, and then it, he he lasted a long time. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the music, uh, the score, and then like the ambiance of the ship mm-hmm. and stuff. That was that was really well done. Um. I did get scared when uh it sucked got sucked to his face. Yeah. And then what was scary? Um when they found out the dude was a robot, that oh that sort of that plot line of oh, where like, you the realize mother, he was an android. The mother mm-hmm. is like like this was the entire thing the entire time was if like that was cool. Right. Uh and then they kicked his face off. <laughs> that was uh terrifying. Um I don't know. It, I think it's probably worthwhile to watch as a as a future filmmaker. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh <laughs> what things can you draw inspiration from? What can you learn from this and apply to your future endeavors? Mm, the pacing? What about uh, the, uh, the pacing? The pacing was really, I think it was really subtle for them. I think it was kind of slow at parts, mm-hmm. but then that made the uh like chasing the thing with the blowtorch through mm-hmm. the thing, and just like that, it's in between the second and like third, literally the third act, we really just got jacked up. The right. subtleness of being in space and the quietness of that kind of built up to mm-hmm. that ending, which was I thought really well done. Okay, Matthew, yeah. anything else that we think that that the young Zach may be missing about that movie? Yeah. No, I think he's got the basics of it. He's okay. he's got, you know, the whole the whole bit that is most amazing about it. And aside from, you know, the Sigourney Weaver underpants chaos theory, <laughs> um which I mean that is some pretty high level reading right there. So. All right. Well, that's Zach on movies. Zach, uh next that week. Was time now. Next week. So, Zach, if you've been listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, if you've gone over to the Major Spoilers website, uh, Zach reviewed uh, Avengers Arena, right? Yeah, number one. Number one this past week, which if you've looked at the cover and if you look at the kind of premise, you know, the heroes abducted and forced to fight to their deaths. Uh, sounds a lot like the Hunger Games. Oh, yes, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> this, uh, and especially the very first cover, is a very much an homage to a movie out of Japan called Battle Royale, mm. which in itself is based on a comic book series. A very, very lengthy, very, very graphic, both sexually and violently, uh, series called Battle Royale is as it well. Manga? manga, yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. Um, but there's this movie. I cannot find my copy. I think I actually let Rodrigo borrow it. <sighs> but it is on iTunes right iTunes. now. So you can either rent it or you can buy it. Um, I want to rent it first, five bucks. Yeah. Um, because you're trying to see where people might be drawing inspiration from in a lot of these, throwing them on an island and let them fight it out for our pleasure kind of stuff. All right. Um, I want you, for the next time that you come over, 
after the apocalypse sometime. Mm-hmm. I want you to watch and be prepared to discuss Battle Royale. I will do that. Okay. It's, I will do it. it's, I will warn you right now. Okay. This is very graphic. Uh, well, gosh, you know, it's hard to say, Matthew, because, you know, young Zach here has grown up in an age where he sees Kill Bill. Have you watched Kill Bill? Oh, yeah. So he's right. seen he's, Kill Bill. You've seen a Saw movie, right? Have you seen Saw? Saw Saw 2. Okay. In the beginning of okay. Saw Did you Did you see Saw Saw? Saw Saw? No. You look in the mirror and see what you saw. Then you can take the saw, cut it uh-huh. in half, two halves make, make a, a hole, and you can escape. So in this day and age, in this day and age where he has seen, have you seen the Hunger Games? Yeah. And in this day and age where he's seen the Hunger Games and Kill Bill and Saw, is he going to be shocked by Battle Royale? Because I got to tell you, when I, I imported this movie from Japan because it was not available in the United States. That's how far I went to to get it in. (laughs) And it is, when I watched it for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so graphic. This is so violent. This is so disturbing. I can see why people are freaked out by this movie, but I'm wondering, I mean, this is, we, we talk and the whole point of Zach on movies is to show you where a lot of these influences today come from. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, Matthew, do you think he's going to be shocked at the extreme violence? I don't because it, it came out 15 years ago. Yeah, it did. And 15, you know, we talked on the, on the, um, Wednesday cast about a comic from 12 years ago. That seems really dated. And I, I think that Battle Royale as a movie coming out in 2000 is not necessarily going to feel dated, but I don't think that in a world where, uh, uh, you know, you watched that saw too, there were more murders and graphic decapitations and horror and gorn, for lack of a better word, in saw two than there were in all nine of the original Friday the 13th movies. Even taking into account, you know, all of the stuff that we've run into since then, I don't think he's going to be shocked because I think that that level of violence is kind of there's an inoculation factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has grown up with enough movies that have that or the expectation of that or the not necessarily even expectation. If Zach wanted to go and watch any of the six Saw movies or eight of them, he could go do that right now. He could go on the Netflix, I'm sure. I'm oh, sure. But, you know, when you get to a point where you can go and read, what was it, the episode uh, Hulk versus Wolverine, Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine. Mm-hmm. In the first issue, the Hulk rips Wolverine in two. Whoa. You know, that sort of thing is not necessarily shocking anymore because I think that We've been contextually. Yeah. We've been not necessarily even desensitized. It's just that when it comes to pop culture, it kind of feels like, well, desensitized is a way to put it, but it feels like there are other thresholds that they're trying to break. So they're trying to push that boundary of what you can show and how, you know, graphically and how bloodlessly or, you know, bloodily, whoever you want to do. You can show this in a in a world where Zach could probably have seen the human centipede first sequence. <laughs> I've seen a little bit. Of I that. don't think that, you know, I don't think that Battle Royale is going to hold a whole okay. lot of utter horror for him. Okay. I think it's still going to be graphic. I think it's still, it's still, still it's, film, but I it's from the psychological standpoint, I also find it very disturbing, especially with some of the characters. Um, I will point out, though, this started out as a novel, then translated to manga, then translated to the movie. Uh, just okay, so, so people the novel came first i thought novel the manga novel came first and then the manga came out um uh, so the, 
Yeah, so the book uh, was published in 97. Um, then the manga okay. started from so, 2000 to 2005. Then the feature film came out in 2003. Oh, wow. Then it was in a theater group did this, did a rendition of it in 2012. CW Network has been in, dis- oh, check this out. July 26, 2012, Los Angeles Times reported CW has been in discussions with the Hollywood representatives about the possibility of turning Battle Royale into an American television show. Blah. What? Um, yeah. So Why would that be blah? I, I don't know. Uh, well, it depends on how they're going to turn it into a television show. Is it going to be a reality series? Remember <laughs> how Hunger Games... Hunger well, Games but I know Hunger Games. Thing. Yeah. I mean, Hunger Games and, and if it's gonna be, if Shades it's, of Grey are all I heard about for about well, three months. But, you know, Hunger Games, mm-hmm. I watched that uh, the sidekick was sick one time when the sidekick was sick yeah. while he was sleeping, and I was just holding him, and I'm basically pinned down for an hour and a half, <laughs> two hours. I was like, I'm going to watch this Hunger Games, right. see what all the brouhaha's about. Yeah, yeah. And I watched it. And it, it's, it's relatively tame, I think. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, the fact that you're killing well, kids, right, right, and especially yeah. right now, right. after yeah, what's yeah, happened yeah. in. And everybody's uh, wearing the, the haircut that Derek Mugato wore in yeah. uh, Zoolander. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of disturbing from that factor, which is why right, I right, think right. Battle Royale, even even the visual images, uh, the girl. Um, did you watch Kill Bill Volume 1? Yep. You know, when they're in the um, uh, fighting the 88s? Mm-hmm. The girl with the um, big ball, ball with chain. the spikes. Yeah. She is the she is one of the lead people in this oh, movie. Really? Yeah. Um. So, oh, so she was probably about the same age, wasn't it? A little bit older. Like little, little, and she's a little bit older in in Kill, Kill Bill. Bill. She's yeah, probably yeah. like three or four years older. Oh, okay. Um. The one thing that the movie doesn't get into is the sexual exploits that mm-hmm. the manga does and maybe the novel does. Um. But I want you to watch that for the next time that you're here. That's two weeks from now that okay. we'll do a Zach on film. Uh, I also have some other movies for you to watch so you can kind of get ahead in your in your viewing. Some all ones right, that we have mentioned right. in the past. First of all, uh, Donnie Darko, the director's cut. I've got. Although I think it might be better if you watch the non-director's cut. Uh, oh, it yeah. may be included on there, but okay. because there's some weirdness that the director put in that totally makes the movie not work for me. Oh, makes okay. a lot of works for a lot of other people, but I've got the original Donnie Darko oh, over yeah. there if you want to see it. Uh, Pie that Rodrigo and I constantly oh, yeah. mentioned by Darren Aronofsky. Ooh, uh, Aronofsky. You really should watch that. And then the last Sorry. one, this is the English translation of uh, Castle in the Sky, La Puta Castle in the Sky from Studio Ghibli. Oh, Ghibli. Um, it's a good one you and your girlfriend can watch together. Oh yeah. Um Yeah, it's a good it's a good it's a good story. Uh I prefer the Japanese uh version with the subtitles and I've got that if you really want it's that. The same animation? Same animation, but in this one it's got uh, Dawson from Dawson's Creek doing the the voice of the of the boy. Oh. And I think that there's a I think they do it better in the in the Japanese, but that's my bias because that's how I originally saw it. Oh, and I'm very sure much that, like sure your Japanese very first better. Doctor Who or your favorite Doctor Who is the first one you watched. Yeah. I think yeah. whichever one of these you're exposed to first becomes your favorite. Oh, I'm sure. The so I prefer the, the, uh, the subtitled one, but when you've got kids and who are interested in seeing something like this oh, right. and you've got to watch Ponyo, yeah, you're going to watch the one that has, you know, the, English. Ponyo. Yeah, have you never yeah. seen Ponyo? It's it's actually Ponyo. pretty interesting. That was one that came is that out the one where John year? Wayne is the cowboy no. and he lives? No, oh, that's Hondo. Uh, Ponyo is um, kind of a Little Mermaid retelling, mm-hmm. 
it's oh, kind of no, fascinating. I remember Ponyo. He he jumped up and he interrupted Taylor Swift because Beyonce no, had no, the no, best no. album mm. in the world, man. And at one no. point, my son, there's a song by what's uh, Miley Cyrus? She got a younger brother or something. Yes. I have no idea. Uh, well, I don't know. It sings the 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 theme song to this at the end. Ponyo, Ponyo, bum, bum, bum. and the boy can at one point could sing that whole song because we were watching it constantly. Yeah, yeah. It does have Betty White in it though, but that's Ponyo. Not my favorite, but I think Castle on the Sky you'll like that right. a lot better. So cool. All right, that's Zach on film with Alien. Matthew, you turned forty two this past week. Happy birthday. I Congratulations did. for yes. making it this far. I realized something this last week actually. Which is and something well, you know how you love Kill Bill. It's a good movie. good movie, excuse me. There's there's a sequence in Kill Bill where she goes to see Sonny Chiba, right? And yeah. he is he is the great uh, doing the training. Hattori. Right. He is the great. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, there's a moment where Hatori has a a a an apprentice, mm-hmm. a Japanese man with kind of funny hair. Yeah. That man is Kenji Oba, right? Who we were talking about a couple three weeks ago as the character who played three different Super Sentai actors, right? Or characters. He was Battle Japan. He was uh, Denji Blue. And I'm like, what? 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 Because I was watching, you know, five seconds of Kill Bill. And I'm like, Denji Blue. Have you not watched so, all of Kill Bill? I want to wait. Till- uh, have you not watched all of Kill no, Bill? No, I could. Really? How come? See, the first part of Kill Bill that I saw nearly killed it for me. Uh, no pun intended. The first thing that I saw was, I think, the end of volume one where she's fighting uh, Daryl Hannah in her guise as uh, the California Splash Mountain Snake. Right. Mm-hmm. And she cuts out her eye and squishes it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a term called eye scream. And I have that. When when there are if there's an injury to the eye in a live action film, I'm out. We're gone. I'm like I'm like Kramer when he saw the lady during the contest. I'm out. <laughs> and okay. because of that being my, my first interaction with Kill Bill, I've never sat back and actually watched it. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. I've seen bits and pieces of it, you know. Well, then, of it then Matthew there, on film will be to at least watch Kill Bill <laughs> Volume One. Yes. And Stephen on film will be to watch Go Kaiga. <laughs> no, I've no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get you uh, Go Kaiga versus Space Sheriff Gavon, which is, uh, is that the a theatrical story movie? About a space sheriff. Yeah, it is. No. It's a theatrical movie that was in theaters. No. In <laughs> Japan. No. Yeah, where they put things in the theater. No. Oh, I have a movie you should watch. No? So anyway, what is this magnificent revelation that th- that you made while you turned 42? Well, I I turned 42 about a month ago. Uh, that sentence didn't make sense. Roughly a month ago, before I turned 42, I got this thing in the mail. And this thing in the mail, it said, <laughs> hey, you got to come in for jury duty. Oh, yeah, jury duty. Uh, no, I've never... When yeah, did you when did you first started when did you first getting start getting uh, emails from AARP? Uh, when I was thirty eight. God, <laughs> jerks! I know, but I, I I couldn't go because the same day that I had jury duty, one of the my coworkers had jury duty, and on a Monday there we have five operators staffed. We have Ranger Series Red, Blue, Yellow, Green, and Pink. That's a joke for RPM fans. And uh, if you don't have five, you get hosed and you spend the whole day with the. So I didn't want to have two people out on the same day. So I said, hey, push me back. Well, they pushed me back. And because they pushed me back, they put me in the first group. 
Number three. So I show up on my 42nd birthday and they're like, aha, you got the jury duty. So I get to this jury duty and they take me in and they sit me in the biggest, scariest courtroom I've ever seen. And I'm sitting there with 40 strangers. And then somebody comes in and goes, no, you guys are in the wrong room. And they drag me out of the big, scary courtroom. And they take me into a little courtroom that's paneled like, you know, Mike Brady's den. It's warm and inviting in a courtroomy sort of somebody's going to jail kind of way. And I'm like, oh, good. That's good. Now, there's more on that part later. We'll get to that. You know how they call a jury? They're like, they pull 12 names at random out of the 40 people there. You know, to be honest, Matthew, I do not. Because in all of my 42 <laughs> okay. years, I have never been summoned to serve on jury duty oh, ever jury. and i say so that and now i'm going to be yeah next week yeah yeah you will tomorrow we're all sitting in a room and they're like calling names and i'm like okay there's 40 of us here roughly a one in four chance so they go number one you sit here number two number three number four and they're like number nine i'm like okay good chance number 10 okay i'm good i'm out of here number 11 they're good number 12 fat man take a seat damn it so i'm seated on the jury and then they start asking questions, trying to eliminate people, right? And I've got two thoughts in my head. I'm like, well, I should say something that will make it obvious that I shouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. And then I start thinking, well, these are like big time lawyers. They've probably heard it all. Yeah. And you can you know? actually get and in trouble. If you, you can actually get in trouble if you do the, yeah. well, I can tell if someone's guilty just by looking at them. If you do that crap, you can actually get in trouble. Yeah, it's a distance well. between the eyes. <laughs> and, you know, they started asking us questions that were vaguely related to a certain crime. And they're like, uh, how do you feel about this crime? And I'm like, well, I don't know. But I want I wanted to share with you guys that I was actually able to pull off a reference while being questioned for jury duty. <laughs> because they're like, what would you do if everyone disagreed with you? And I'm like, well, I wouldn't want to be Henry Fonda and 12 Angry Men. And this angry, white-haired judge with a perma-scowl kind of went, <laughs> And at that point, I knew I was screwed. <laughs> They're going to keep me on this jury because I'm entertaining. So I get seated on the jury. And um, it, almost immediately, it's practically noon, they send us to lunch. Well, I, I happened to meet a guy in the ante room as I'm going down to lunch. And he was, initially, we were all like 100 people in a room. And they split us into three groups. This guy was part of the group that was put in the big scary room where I was. Mm -hmm. And I was in the wrong room, right? He's like, well, it's noon and we've barely gotten through the jury selection. And they're saying that this trial is going to last two and a half weeks. Uh. My trial, they said, oh, it'll probably be a day. So I come back from lunch, 20 minutes worth of stuff, a three minute video. They give us 20 minutes worth of instructions and they lock us in a room. And they're like, choose someone to be the presiding juror. You will be the foreman of the jury. And I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, hey, I have a loofah. I'll be the foreman of the night, which is a joke entirely for Bruce Otter and all those fans of Stephen Colbert out there. So they're, you know, I, uh, I, the people are like, I don't, there's one woman, I swear. Talks like hooks from Police Academy. You know, the voice. With the, uh, I don't want to offend anybody. to talk quietly. And finally, I'm just like, well, if we do need a, a foreman, I'll be happy to serve. And everybody went, okay, fat guy, you can talk for us. So we go through the whole thing and we do the whole thing. And 
literally, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. We push the button, we're done. And then we spend an hour waiting for the judge to come back. And then they let us out. Right? So I'm out and I've done my civic duty with two O's and a D. And I started thinking about this. I'm like, what, you know, what if I had been in there for two and a half weeks and I had to be like Henry Fonda? You start to wonder about what was the other trial about or what was going on in there, you know? Well, even worse, what if lucky that it was? What if, what if, what if you were not just in a trial for two and a half weeks or longer? What if you were sequestered, meaning you couldn't go home? Yeah. 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 Like Judge Ito. You remember when Judge Ito and the the well, OJ there, there trial are a lot of trials. What, there are a lot of trials where they do that, where they do not want the jury out and about. So you are at the hotel. You have check in times. You have meals. Mm-hmm. You cannot call your family. Yep. You cannot have a newspaper. You cannot have a comic book. You can have, cannot not have, have internet podcast. access. Yeah. Yep. No comic books. That would suck. Because you know, seriously, I wouldn't even be able to watch Denji Man. Well, here's. Did you get paid? Yeah, I got uh, a was whopping it? dollar and 12 cents per hour. Right. It was, uh, oh, you get $10 plus mileage and parking. Yeah, so. so I got $10 for the day. Wow. So what provision does your work have for you to be off that time? I am actually paid for eight hours of jury duty. Uh, so long as I, well. I want to say that they pay for two hours, and after that, I can use my accrued sick time and such. Yeah, but what happens so if you I run out of your sick time? Well, then you stop getting paid. They can't penalize yeah. you for your absence because it's you know it's jury duty. It's mandated. It is a court mandated. But thing. it is. Mm-hmm. But it is a penalty but, to you because if you run out of your your accrued time, yep, yeah, they can't fire you. They can't fire you. But you're also not getting any money, and the 10 bucks plus plus mileage a day isn't covering your house payment or your rent or you're picking up your daughter from daycare and or any of the things that need to occur the when you're really on jury awful duty. The part was at the beginning. Yeah, at the beginning, they're like, is there anybody here who feels this would be, you know, a terrible burden? And one guy was like, yes, uh, I, I really can't afford to be away from my job. And the judge is like, well, we apologize that sometimes this can be financially burdensome. But that is not in itself considered a reason right. to mm-hmm. not go to jury. Right. No, no, no. I understand that. You have that. to have something additional. And I was just like, really? Yeah, no. I mean, it's like, you know, it's right your duty. Now, I'm the primary. Yeah, I'm the primary breadwinner at my house right now. Right. My, you know, my wife's department was dissolved. She's working on getting a new position. So if I don't get paid for two and a half weeks, the house basically doesn't get paid. Right. For two and a half weeks. It's just. It was it was really one of those moments where I'm I feel really thankful that it went the way it did. I'm glad that I got to do it and I'm glad that you know I was able to have this experience and go through the entirety of this this whole big framistatory. Right. And I'm really glad that it was one day, but it was just very odd. And what's really interesting is that the judge's robe is in fact one size fits all. It's surprisingly <laughs> comfortable. Um, um, but the nightstick and the taser, not for show. Also, they don't have the powdered wigs, but luckily I brought my own. So I was good to go there. You know, I was wearing it around and at no point did they yell, I'll allow it. So I had to do it for them. 
They don't like that either. Do you, you better be going somewhere with this Schleicher? Um, I was just waiting for you to get to that final post on your Facebook page. And then I was going to jump in. <laughs> These are new jokes. Oh, new jokes. New okay. Jo- not everybody follows us on Facebook. Okay. Um, like I, I wonder. Of the North Star. I wonder. Do we need a professional jury system? No. And it's been brought up before. Kind of the reason we watched. Yeah. We watched the little video where they talked about. This is uh, welcome. This is the jury. Ding. And Please Bill turn Curtis the page. narrated it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bill Curtis narrated it. It was this big thing. Was it a choose but your own adventure? It kind of broke down. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, it was exactly like that. And when it comes to this sort of thing, I feel like it would be a disservice because <clears throat> part of the reason that it works the way that it does is so that when they say a jury of your peers, that may mean a jury of, you know, two schmucks and a neurosurgeon. You know, it's something where they have, they've set it up to where it's a random sampling of people. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was finally in there. I was the only person in there who was older than college age, with the exception of the woman who didn't really talk very loud and didn't want to say anything. And the rest of these college students were like throwing around. I don't want to say logical fallacies, but just throwing around these, like, well, and this, this, is, this is clearly what happened. Well, where's that in the evidence we were? Oh, well, I know. I just know. <laughs> okay. Now let's talk about the evidence. Well, but see, welcome, but that's what I'm saying. Here are people, here are people that really have no training on how to judge what is going on. They have no no real knowledge of the law, so they're bringing in their own bias, even though they're not supposed to, and even though, you know, you're selected based on what the lawyers want or what the lawyers are looking for. But Mm -hmm. if you had a jury of people who understood the law, uh, you had Mm -hmm. a jury of people who were non-biased, and I'm not saying that you have just 12 people hired that are hearing every single case. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a pool of people that this is their job to do, and maybe they have these qualifications, and they can just go through it. This is purely hypothetical. You can go through a checklist of, I want this, 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 and this. Well, here are the 12 people that meet that, uh, and they're getting paid, and they come in, and they know the facts, and they understand the law, and you can present your case to them and proceed from there. And then you don't have people like these college kids going, well, I know what's going on because I watched Law & Order last week. <laughs> And the same thing happened there. (laughs) Well, and to some degree, I would agree with that. But what, you know, something that the judge said really stuck with me. It's not our job. Sit down, Mr. Peterson. We don't want to hear from you right now. Yeah. Well, that's actually, yeah. (laughs) It's not necessarily the job of the jury to know the law. Right. The doctor. The doctor, not the doctor. the (laughs) The doctor is entirely different. The doctor is a Gallifreyan from another planet, but the judge is the one who explained the law, mm-hmm. and it's his job to interpret the law. Mm-hmm. It's our job to take what we're shown, mm-hmm. the evidence, mm-hmm. the judge's instructions about the law, and say, okay, well, this is, you know, this is what we can prove. This is what we look at. And you know, there were three counts, and we actually, you know, there was one count that we didn't feel like we could prove. So that was something where we're all like, okay, well, we cannot, you know, we, we must say not guilty mm-hmm. because, you know, 
can't prove it. We don't, we don't have that. We, we didn't, you know, we didn't witness that or that's not present in the evidence. So that was really kind of cool. It's not our job to be experts in the law. And the fact that we weren't, Mm -hmm. again, is part of the process because if you had people who were experts in the law, I think you'd get to the point where we kind of do, when you get to that Supreme Court level where people are arguing two sides of the same point, and Plessy versus Ferguson says this, but, you know, Brown versus the Board of Education says something different. Now we have these two things, and you're arguing precedent here, I'm arguing precedent over here. We would get to a point where it would become, I think, too unwieldy. Not that the, you know, the jury system, the balloting system isn't unwieldy to begin with. But I think it would be something that would be not necessarily less effective. It might be more effective, but I think it would be less desirable. Yeah, I just, that's I, I, and I'm not exactly, I, you know, and I, people are probably going, oh, Stephen, you're totally wrong. That's fine. I, I want to know more. But it seems like yeah. the grand jury is allowed to do some of their own investigation and that they are mm-hmm. appointed for periods of time. And I don't know how long that they're appointed to be parts of grand juries. Um and so I'm wondering if something like that would not be better. I don't know. And in, in different countries, they have different systems of law. Um, jury of your peers, I think, is great, uh, except when, what if you can't find people that are considered your peers? Right. Uh, then you run into issues. Um, so I don't know. Well, it's, and I, I mean, I like I said, I I've I never, my wife has been called to jury duty like four times since we've been married. I've never been called, thank goodness. And I don't want to be called because it does seem kind of a, a somewhat of a burden, but I also understand that it's our duty to do this as citizens. Um, and I respect that. I just wonder if, if we couldn't take some people who are possibly on, um, who are unemployed and give them a reason to be employed. Well, it's an interesting mm-hmm. thought. I, I admit to not knowing enough about the process to say for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think that overall, my experience was a relatively positive one with a couple of exceptions. I didn't see the point of a 90-minute lunch because it seemed like it's going to eat up even more of my day. Right. I missed a whole day's work. Well, you figure it takes so 20 minutes to go somewhere, work, an hour, you know, 20 minutes to get you served, 40 minutes to eat. So that's an hour true. and a half. Well, and I'm in downtown Topeka, which means that I'm going to be going good to, like, you know, Wendy's. Or McDonald's. Oh, no, there's you know. some good places down there. There really aren't a whole lot of them. Is there a Chipotle? Well, Lupita's Mexican restaurant got knocked down. Oh. And uh, Tucker's closed. I'm thinking of one that and, was just like down the street a- from the Capitol that's like some kind of hole in the wall place. I ate there years and years ago. Yeah, they closed. I ate there with you. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. We, did. <laughs> we went to go see. Trip. We went to go see the, yeah. uh, the uh, Grant, not the Grand Jury. We went to go see the. Um, Kansas Supreme yeah, the, Court, the legal yeah, yeah. center. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I was. <laughs> I Joe, about that. Are you mental? I was there. <laughs> I forgot yeah, about that. that. Place, uh, closed. No, oh, okay. <laughs> that place closed. Sadly, it was a nice little place, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was the fat guy. Well, I, I, I couldn't you remember, remember why remember. I was. I couldn't remember why I was in Topeka for some reason. Because I go to Topeka a lot. Yeah, I was, just couldn't we remember there why I was there. But, yeah, yeah. Lance Lippert was driving a van. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, no, I remember uh, that. I it remember that. It was just that one now. of those bizarre things. Yeah, where we all went in and sat down. And, and the weird part is, I remember that trip clearly. I remember being on uh, Huntoon and being horrified at the way traffic goes on Huntoon. And now, 20 years later, I drive Huntoon every other day. I can drive Huntoon and get to work 
the comic shop is at Huntoon Engage. So, you know, it's one of those strange things con- contextually yeah, for yeah, me yeah. to think back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then go, oh, yeah, hey, Beavis. So, anything else about your jury duty? Um, let's see. What other good jokes were there? No. <laughs> All rise. No, no. Um, he didn't have a gavel. Lame. So when he wanted to bang the gavel, he just slapped the desk. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Cutting back. It was, it was it, you know, it was interesting. Economy's hitting everyone. And I'm kind of hoping that because I went in, it means that, you know, next time yeah, I you, get a freebie and I won't have I think it's, it. I think you don't get called again for like five years or something. Whoa, really? I think that's so. Cool. I oh, think that's, cool. I, I, I can't remember, but I know it's a specific amount of time once you've served that you won't serve again. That's fair. But I could be wrong. Cool. Somebody will correct and, you know, it was, One of our many lawyer lawyer listeners <laughs> will call in and say, nope, you're actually wrong. You can be called in at any time. That's fine. My ignorance of the law That's is fine. no excuse. I, um, I don't care one way or the other. Got some ice cream for my birthday. So, so nice. um, calling all listeners. There's a survey. Calling all listeners. There's a survey that Comixology apparently is putting out. I don't know where this survey is. Oh, or it, how how people found it. It's uh, open your comicsology app mm-hmm. right in the front page, in the featured. Is it? Yeah. Let me see here, because I opened up my comicsology app today. It wasn't there. It's on the front page. Yeah, on the featured. Let me go. Hold on, to the store. Featured. So apparently there is a uh, featured comic stores. Oh, help us make comicsology better. Take a quick survey yeah, 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 for yeah. a surprise free comic. Yeah. Oh, okay. FYI, free comic. Free comic? I don't know where it is. I haven't got mine yet. Oh, you're supposed to get a code or something? No, this was supposed to email you. Oh, well, maybe you didn't put your email address in. Well, anyway, there's a question on there. There's a question on there that says, hey, where do you get your uh, comic book news and information from? And it lists a bunch of sites, Mm -hmm. the typical ones, some atypical ones, because quite frankly, io9 is not a pop culture and comic site. It is a sci-fi site that reports on more pop culture things every single day. But uh, one of our listeners, J.J. Valentine, who yeah. sponsored uh, episode uh, 482, said, hey, man, how come major spoilers isn't on this list? How come I have to type it in? And I said, well, you know, these things happen. I mean, we're not we're not as big as some of these other sites. Yeah. And so I can understand why that's not listed in there. But, you know, please feel free to write it in. And then I jokingly said, hey, you know, this person who runs who's the PR person at comiXology, I blame him. And he's like, you're right. I either forgot about it or I did it on purpose. Um, let me just tell everybody this. Cause I had some conversations um, after that, that I can't really go into, but let me just tell you this listeners. If you're taking this um, uh, poll, this quiz, this uh, survey, go ahead and write in major spoilers and please do, please do us a favor and write in major spoilers. It will have a bigger impact than what you might think it will. Um, so that's kind of a calling all listeners kind of thing. If you do that, it's great. Um, did I, was I offended that major spoilers wasn't on that list? Oh no, 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 no way that I could be offended by that. Did you uh, fill out the whole survey? Did yeah. you write in major spoilers? I did. In okay. fact, typed right. it out. All right. All right. So yeah, write in, write in. Where do you find your news from? Major spoilers. If you find it great, been having a lot more traffic in the last couple of weeks. Thanks to, uh, Many of these stories, including our uh, story this past week on the trades we would take with us into the apocalypse. Matthew, uh, do do uh, do we trade. think, you know, back in 1999, there was this weird kind mm-hmm. of, you know, people were like, oh, no, Y2K is never going to happen. But on the back end, you kind of saw people 
picking up a couple of extra cans of beans and a couple of extra bags of rice and people were a little bit nervous. You know, there was this kind of little tittering in the back. You know, you kind of laugh, but it's a nervous kind of laugh. All right. And I suppose that at one point, maybe people were maybe a little nervous about the end of the uh, end of the world, which supposedly takes place uh, today, the 21st. Mm -hmm. But it seems like people are just totally realizing that this stuff is just totally bogus. Yes. Well, and I remember working on uh, November, December 31st, 1999 in master control at WIBW. And they're doing the countdown. Ten. Nine and our anchor lady is like, oh no, I hope there's no Y2K. <laughs> and I'm staring at the button that broadcasts static. And I'm hearing four, three, and I'm thinking, would I get fired? And I'm thinking, two, and I'm like, I don't have any children yet. I could find a new job. One, and my finger starts to move. And then I decide better of it. Oh. But I remember that moment. You had a moment I remember of glory. that moment as an epic epic destiny and it that's the thing sometimes oh. you have to walk away so i do not think and here's the reason why i do not think that the mayan calendar there are there's a two-part reason okay part one sub a people talk about yeah people talk <laughs> about the mayans as being right. an extremely advanced culture right and that is true for pre-columbian mesoamerica they were an extremely advanced culture. That means that, you know, they, they, they didn't quite have plumbing down, hadn't quite gotten their shaving together, but, you know, they could count and they had a concept of zero. And I really think that the reason the calendar ends where it does is because they ran out of room. But secondly, the Mayan calendar doesn't take into account the concept of leap years. So by our Calendar. Oh, yeah, yeah, by our calendar yeah, yeah. account this, all that. This year, the, the world should have ended about six and a half months ago. Mm -hmm. Ah, you're right, Because there's an extra day every four years. Yeah, exactly. It ended on May the 18th, 2012, which remarkably is the day that I walked out on my job at the call center in a fit of rage and said, screw you guys, I'm going home. And the world ended, and then the next day, it started anew. So now we live in a brave new world. No, but well, I a world you know, that has that's, such people in it. But why do people not get as freaked out about the end of the world as, say, back when we were in 1899, where people were freaking out? Or it's 1799? Kind of Are we just that much smarter? About known versus... No, 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 not in the least. We are just <laughs> as dumb. I mean, the... George Carlin said it best. Think of the average person you know and realize that half the people in the world are stupider than that. <laughs> you know, it's not that we're any smarter. It's that the boundaries of known and unknown have shifted to a point where even if you don't know nothing, as many of us don't, it's easy. You can I can go to Snopes.com in five seconds and I can mm -hmm. find out whether something is true. If I want to know, you know, what's what is the language of the Mayans? If I want to know what you know the difference between Uspantec and Tzotlil, I can go to Wikipedia.com. The known and the unknown are entirely different. I mean, we're just three schmucks. We are average schmucks. Steven is slightly above average, I think, in terms of, you know, central Kansas, in terms of the economy and the intellect. Steven, I think, is an above average human being. But even Steven is just some guy. We all went to college. 
many of us are partially educated on this show. I say, you know, 50 years ago, if we were doing a podcast, first of all, no one would have We would be burned at the stake as witches. <laughs> no, but 50 years ago, what are the odds that four random guys would all be college educated? A hundred years ago, you know, would we necessarily be college educated? If you go back to the point where, you know, even at the turn of the 20th century, I think that it was uncommon to go through, to be able to afford a college education. Mm -hmm. And now an education, while certainly not cheap, is much more common. It's something where most people expect that they're going to go even, you know, community college. I'm going to get, I'm going to get my business degree and go into hotel, hotel uh, management. That's, that's perfectly valid. Lots of people do that. People that I work with right now in their 50s and 60s are like, I'm going to school again, and I'm learning, you know, how to play the the Hawaiian nose flute or something. The sitar. They're, you know, they're allowed to. They have an expectation that if you get to a point where your career is stalling, you can go to WTI Academy and learn how to become, I don't know, a, a massage technician. Or, you know, <laughs> all of the things like my sleep apnea. A hundred years ago, I'd be a dead fat guy. Now, I got this funny little elephant mask. A hundred years ago, my friend who uh, had an epileptic seizure and now has everything controlled with medication could have died. His fits could have been, you know, misinterpreted as some sort of demonic possession. All of these things are not necessarily because we're any smarter, because we're any more advanced as a species. It's just that we know what causes them. And the causes are easily accessed. Aliens. Demons. Ah! Demons. I actually saw something where someone was talking about how um, demonic possession was clearly a factor in uh, a recent unpleasantness. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, you're I, saying. I, I suppose. Yeah, but in, in that in that discussion, you're saying, hey, we're smarter about things. We're not smarter. We are not any smarter as a as an individuals. We just have more access. But the body of knowledge. Um, okay, yeah, we have more access more to the knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So if we were little the clusters of people, if we were little clusters, mm -hmm. not connected by this exactly. grand internet, if we were not connected by the telephone, if we were not connected by the television and the satellites, we'd all be huddling right. in our k or in our basements, going, "Oh my gosh, we got to prepare." Because the end is nigh. Right. Totally. Well, remember your, your discussion about superheroes and the technological frontier of like probably the 50s. A magical superhero like the Spectre <coughs> didn't fly anymore in the 60s. So, you know, instead of magic turning Jim Corrigan into the Spectre, radiation yeah, science, turned yeah, yeah. Bruce Banner into the Hulk. Right. And nanobots turned uh, the Resurrection Man into a canceled title. No, wait, I'm sorry. That was Rob Liefeld who did that. I mean, there's still some people freaking out. I've seen people like really sort of flocking to like some some little like village in France that's up in the mountains or something. And there's like thousands of people that are no, I mean, I'm, there. I'm talking about people from around here. Oh, I mean, do you in your little uh, town of, well, of Quinter? That's not a good example. No, in your little town of Quinter, are people are like, yep. I've seen the signs. Oh. The end is, is here. Oh, no. Then Mayans were right. No, 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 no. 
I mean, I haven't been there for a while, but I can tell you, no, they're not. Dig your grave and lay down in it, Zach. They're not freaking out. Because... uh, (laughs) Well, there's a secondary interpretation that doesn't get as much airtime that the 21st of December 2012 is not the end of the world. Right, it's the beginning of a new age. But the beginning of a new physical... The spiritual transformation and how everyone will, you know, counterbalance and well, and you know what, if, if that's if everyone is supposed to become wisdom. better and gain wisdom, I sure hope that's the truth. That'd be nice because you know, quite frankly, the last couple of months have really been crappy for a lot of people, and my heart goes out to them. But absolutely, it uh, I, I could use for some good, some good news, some. Some people, kindness people to one another. That'd be great. General people. I think the biggest problem with people is that every single individual that I have ever known, no matter how crazy, no matter how, no matter how out of control or, or unpleasant, that person is wonderful in and of themselves at certain points during the day. I was, uh, we were at a Christmas party the other night. And one of my coworkers was just being herself and herself is. And my wife was like, is she always this nervous? Is she okay? I'm like, oh, hell for Nancy. This is laid back because that's how she is. But when you get people in groups and interactions, that's when weird stuff happens. It's like the major spoilers podcast. You and I and Rodrigo are three individuals. And when we came together to do this show, we kind of fell into a pattern where the three of us did a certain thing. There would be fourth people once in a while, and the fourth people would work. Some would. Some would. When we added Zach, it kind of made this a different show. Each of the four of us individually are charming mofos, but you put us together and we turn into, you know, a cluster schmoz. And it makes for good radio. It makes for good podcast. <laughs> if we but were only on the it, radio. What it boils down to. Yeah. One of my dearest friends in the world, and I have nothing in common in terms of politics, in terms of spiritual and original aspect, in terms of the way we view the world. But you know what we do have? We have the joy, joy, wives joy, who are joy, best joy down in my heart. <laughs> oh. We have wives who are best <laughs> friends. We have, we each have a daughter. And these two daughters, we're not related. The wives aren't related, but these daughters know each other as this is my cousin Zoe. This is my cousin Midget. That's the way that the family interaction is. And she knows her cousin Zoe, who is not her real cousin, better than she knows her actual cousin, my sister's child. Because quite frankly, I like these people with whom I have nothing in common spiritually, politically, or financially a hell of a lot more than I like the people with whom I share my genetic material. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say. You know, I love my sisters. I just don't like them very much. I, I, I can't spend a lot of time around them. You get that, you know, that annual thing and occasionally, you know, funerals and birthdays and Christmas. And I'm like, have a good time. Go back to your thing there and I'll, I'll see you. But even that, all of my sisters are wonderful. I like my sisters individually. I can sit and have a discussion with any of my three sisters. But you put the three of them together in the room, and all of a sudden we're all 15 again. And not only do I not like my sisters when they're 15, (laughs) I don't like me 
when my sisters make me 15 again. So I make a point of removing myself from situations like that that make me that 15-year-old that I don't like anymore. And I think a lot of people miss that when you're talking about people. I believe that the majority of the people in the planet are capable of being wonderful, transcendental, you know, perfect humans. But I think that we are all, myself included, capable of being dangerously, psychotically stupid. Mm -hmm. And the problem is when you get in groups, you get, you know, little groups and little cliques and little hats and little armbands and a list of people to come for in the night. And that's when people turn into jack wagons. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm hoping that people look at this December 21st, this new age as something where you can decide not to be a jack wagon. It's oh, a new, it's that, a new that's, thing. That's it's not going to happen. No. That's not going to happen. I know. I know. So let's go with the doom and gloom and yeah. end the world tomorrow. Yay. Um, from a purely eschatological perspective. Let the zombies run wild. <laughs> I'm going to take some zombies out. We have a pretty good chance. I feel I'm like gonna, surviving gonna, a zombie yeah. apocalypse all the way out here. Of surviving it out here? Yeah. Shut up. Uh, we've had that discussion you know, before you before you came on here, but... You don't. And the reason no, why is you have no elevation, so you can't see them coming. And there are more cemeteries in and around the city of Hayes, Kansas, oh, yeah. than no, there are live before. people. No, there's not. Trust me. There are millions and millions of dead people, no, and they're there all named Pafanadio. There's so many, like, like nuclear silos in the ground out here that we could just dive <laughs> shove, into. Shove them all in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that means that they're going to have radiation power. <laughs> they're going to be zombie hulks. All right, and listeners. They're going to come out, and they're going to be like, arr, arr, All right, listeners. <laughs> all right, listeners, that wraps it up for this show. If we are this here tomorrow, if we are here on the 23rd, 22nd or the 23rd. You can, 22nd, you can expect a new critical hit. 24th, a new uh, um, um, Munchkin Land. The 25th, a new Top 5. The 27th, a new uh, Dueling Review. The 28th, a new Major Spoilers Podcast. And the 29th, a new critical hit. Rodrigo is out now for a couple of weeks. He's supposedly in Ohio, which is why I wonder why his Facebook was filled with pictures from Denver. My Denver, high Ohio. comics. Zach, are you back? You You're not here next week. Nope. Are you here the week after? Well, Following Christmas? Yeah. Sure am. Okay. So we'll be back. Oh, I got to check. That may be New Year's Eve. Is it? That's not New Year's Eve, is it? Oh, that would suck if that was New Year's Eve. I guess I didn't look too far into the future because I just assumed that we wouldn't be here. Yeah, Tuesday's the first, so we'll be here on the first, <laughs> oh, yeah. hopefully. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. I hope so. Ooh. We'll still be over. It'll be fine. I still get well, which means Saturday morning, I'm going to have to rush out and buy all the Christmas presents. <laughs> everything will yeah, be no. maybe everything will be. Cheaper. You know the, the credit card the companies. How much it would have sucked if you had to go out like I did on December eighth. Then you had to get eight of the things. Jesus, it was the, like forever. Uh, the uh, the credit card companies actually <laughs> like people getting all psyched and freaked out about um, the end of the world. Because people are oh, like, totally. oh, it's the end of the world. I'm just going to spend and run my credit card up and live for now. Yeah. And then when it doesn't happen, the credit card company's like, Live in the now, 8-bit. Yeah. Well, you can always take the old standard of run your credit cards up and then declare bankruptcy and go, whoops, I goofed. Not, not as easy as <laughs> it used to be. Not as easy as it used <laughs> to be. 
All right, everybody, that wraps it up for this week's show. Thank you so much for downloading. Uh, Head over to Major Spoilers. We've started some conversations here about Alien, about uh, juries, about uh, the end of the world. Uh, You can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can share your thoughts. And until next time, uh, be good to one another. Be nice to one another. Have a happy holiday, and we've got some Major Spoilers entertainment to keep you company if you don't have any company around you this year. If I had the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save some bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the rack. And although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he'd make me wait out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little me would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would you bag and board your comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Major spoiler, yeah, 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 yeah. What a major spoiler. Major spoilers. It's copyright 2012.